How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from The Gaming Observer, and welcome back to the Daily News Updates for Tuesday, July the 27th. Hey, folks, we have two games that are coming out soon, and I'm going to tell you about uh, how they reviewed. Very exciting stuff. Let's jump into it. Uh, the first one I want to tell you about is called The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Now, these are some Ace Attorney games, which previously only came out in Japan, and they're now making a worldwide release today, the 27th, on PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4. And hey, folks, if all you have to hear is, hey, it's more Ace Attorney and it's still good, then this is the game for you. Reviewers are saying that it's just as good as the best Ace Attorney games, and actually, they're two different games. It's Great Ace Attorney Adventures and Great Ace Attorney 2 Resolve, combined into one. Now, if you'd like a little bit more detail, it's actually pretty interesting. The game is set in 19th century Japan, so it's a historical game, as well as, like, Victorian England. I believe it goes between the two. Same time period, just different parts of the world. And so there was a lot of positivity towards, you know, the theme of the game, the visuals of the game. Apparently the art is very good. Uh, it's 3D instead of 2D. The soundtrack is better than ever. And it has some new features as well. And I think something important about this game is, is brought up by Eurogamer. They talk about how the original Ace Attorney games is all about the how and not necessarily the if. Most of the time you're trying to figure out how the bad guy did the thing, not whether or not they actually did it. And apparently in this game, it has a lot more to do with figuring out who actually did the crime. You come across a legally safe Herlock Sholmes, who helps you on the crime scene. There's many more features around finding clues and analyzing them, and coming to conclusions about who might be responsible. So anyway, there's a lot of interesting things happening with this game, and uh, I don't know, I'm gonna have to check it out myself at some point. Okay, and the other game coming out today is called Neo, The World Ends With You. Now, this is a sequel to The World Ends With You, originally came out on the Nintendo DS. Probably one of the most well-known games to come out of that console. And that's kind of really what this whole game is about, according to reviewers. You know, The World Ends With You made such a large impact on the DS, and really felt like lightning in a bottle for a lot of people. And so this sequel is all about how are they going to be able to capture that energy again. And for the most part, according to reviewers, it seems like they've done it. Now, I haven't played the game, so it was hard for me to relate to some things, but the basic challenge that the developers were having here is that they were going from a two-screened console that were focused on touch controls and converting it into a 3D action RPG that utilizes buttons on one screen. And so the way that the combat works is that you collect these pins, and then each pin is designated to a specific button. So if you're doing fast melee attacks, that might be on X or Y. Larger, longer attacks might be on the shoulder buttons. You control multiple characters at a time, and each character gets one pin. And so the combat is all about experimenting with these pins and seeing, you know, how do they synergize with each other? How does your hand work at multiple things at once? And they keep you on your toes because these pins also have cooldown periods. It's an interesting concept. As for the story, the developers came out and said, hey, you don't have to play the first game. And the reviewers said, ah, you're going to enjoy this game a lot more if you've played the first one. And if you don't want to play the first one, you should watch the anime adaptation that they did, which narratively is very similar to the first one. People who were experienced with the game were happy with the narrative in general. It said it tied up a lot of loose ends from the first game. And like I said, for the most part, they say that they really captured the magic of what made the first game so great. So 
it is very much a different game. So if you're going to go buy it, make sure you're watching gameplay first and reading reviews. But the game is very visually appealing, set in Tokyo. The Hunger Games-esque story is intriguing. And uh, yeah, feel free to check it out. Okay, I don't have much time left. I'll try and do this quickly. I just wanted to mention that it's been confirmed that Death Stranding has sold 5 million copies. That is a really great milestone for a debut title. That's both PlayStation 4 and PC. And of course, they have the Director's Cut coming out this year. So very good sign for that studio. And Warner Bros. confirmed that Mortal Kombat 11 has sold more than 12 million copies. That means that the franchise as a whole has now sold 73 million copies since the first Mortal Kombat. And that milestone is very much boosted by the most recent titles. Franchises like Smash Bros. and Tekken had traditionally sold better than Mortal Kombat, but now it's taken the top spot over those games. So anyway, I think that stuff's super interesting, and uh, we're out of time. Thanks for being here. I'll be back with the news tomorrow, as always. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Interesting pair of game reviews there. Or, I guess, um, game releases. You know, both of them are pseudo-sequels. One is a spin-off. And, you know, with Ace Attorney, you just have to... You just gotta make more Ace Attorney, right? People love that franchise, and... As long as the content feels fresh when it comes out, they're gonna like it. It's a formula that works. And, uh... The World Ends With You is very opposite to that. They've they only made one game, and I don't think they, they could just make it again. They definitely needed to, you know, innovate and iterate. I can't imagine what a challenge that was. I think one of my favorite things about uh, looking at the review roundups was learning about Herlock Sholmes. I find it really funny because some Sherlock Holmes books are in the public domain, but because the books came out over the course of multiple years, we're kind of like in the middle of that franchise entering the, the public domain. Some books are copyright, some books aren't. And so there's this whole kerfuffle about, okay, if we're going to adapt Sherlock Holmes in some way, how do we adapt it so that it doesn't include information from some books, but does include information from the first books? There was this movie that came out called Enola Holmes, which is based on a young adult fiction series, which released in the late 2000s, all about the sister of Sherlock Holmes. And the people who own the copyright of the books actually sued Netflix, who were the people that made the film, because it depicted Sherlock Holmes having emotions in the film, like he makes an appearance, and the lawsuit was on the basis of Sherlock Holmes has emotions. Because they say, hey, the books don't say that he has emotions until books that were published within a certain time frame, and the public domain hasn't caught up to those books yet. That lawsuit ended up getting dismissed. Like, that, that seems so trivial, right? That A lawsuit like that? And if they're going to go after them for something like that, I, do, I don't blame a, a company uh, like the video game developers going, you know what, let's just um, let's just call it Herlock Sholmes. And then also let's just make him terrible at his job, because then, then that's definitely not copyright infringement. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's true, but I actually played this board game once. It's called Unmatched, and they use a series of public domain famous characters. So they have, you know... King Arthur, Medusa, Bloody Mary, Beowulf, and Sherlock Holmes is in there as well. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, so that rabbit hole was pretty funny. Anything else here? 
I don't know, Mortal Kombat, you know, I think the fact that they're still selling gangbusters is really interesting. I think that if you look at franchises, video game franchises, it's pretty rare that some of these iconic games are selling better now than the originals. Like the first Mortal Kombat, that is a legendary game. Uber, uber, uber famous. And maybe if you include like arcade machines and stuff like that, it didn't sell the same. But the fact that we can come down to Mortal Kombat 11 30 years later and say, hey, this game is still doing very well. I think that's so cool. You know, you can say the same thing about Mario and Zelda, whereas there's other franchises that are in periods of low, right? Which Mortal Kombat went through. But if you look at like Sonic, like what are those games doing? Nothing. Anyway, uh, I'm getting out of here. Thanks, folks. That was a fun show. Let's do it again tomorrow. Ciao.